One hand speaks. Okay, my friends, here we are. Podcast number 128. This time around, I think I'm just going to do something a little different. Of course, 90%, if not more, of my podcasts revolve around simply my one-handed life, life with one hand, and things of that nature. But this week has been a little bit of a funky week, and I just want to talk about a couple of deeper things. Now, I did spend an incredible six days in Indiana at the Lotus Fest. I spoke at Turkey Run Elementary and Middle Schools, which was absolutely amazing. I had such a phenomenal time. And then I spent some time with my good friends in Bloomington, Indiana, where I went to college, Indiana University. And got to spend a little time on campus, got to spend good time with my friends, actually even did some Aikido at the Indiana University Aikido Club. And that was fantastic. But then, uh, oh, but I also I also went to the Lotus Fest. Whoa, man, what a great musical experience. International World Music Fest at Indiana University. Slammin'. The hurdy-gurdy player, the electric hurdy-gurdy player was amazing. The Finnish women, amazing. Everything just really amazing. Amazing. Wow, what a great time. And you know, coming back, coming back is always hard. Spend time with my very good friends and their families. You know, uh, my good friends all turned 50, Eric and Sean, and we spent time with their families and the larger crew of their friends. And you know, you get together with good friends. Life has a way of being life, and it's meaningful and powerful and profound. We all see how each other grow, how each others grow, and evolve and change and shift and and metamorphosize and all that kind of stuff. So it was, you know, it was it was interesting coming back. It was interesting coming back, and then I'm just right back into my day job. And then, you know, uh, not that long ago, actually two days ago, I got a phone call from a dear old friend who is the wife of my didgeridoo teacher, Alan Shockley. Now, if you're in the didge world, um, Alan Shockley is a, a prominent player and didge maker from way back in the day. And I met him at the Oregon Country Fair of all places. And uh, yeah, that dude had a profound experience on my life. And I've probably known him for 20 years, been blowing the didge for 20 years and and come to find out that he has recently passed away. I think it's been 10 days now. And uh, that news, that news has had me in a contemplative mode and so has coming back from spending good time with my friends. And, uh, you know, this podcast is really... Uh, just about life, you know, about the impermanence of life. And even the title says a lot. Um, the most alive I've ever felt. And, you know, we chase so many things in life. 
And uh, we, we think so many things are so important, and we care so much about the things that we think are real, that sometimes I believe most of us really forget some of the deeper, truer qualities of what life is and what life has to offer. You know, and I'm mostly going to speak about myself. I mean, I get I get upset about some stupid things sometimes, physical objects or, you know, certain issues at work or, you know, whether or not I'm living the life that I want. And, uh, you know, do I have certain kinds of nice things or not or time or, you know, and uh, I don't think, you know, well, actually, I, I, you know, I realize those things don't matter that much. And at a very deep level, I think all of us are aware of that, that some of these things that we chase aren't that important, but we chase them anyway. And they become really, really, one more time, really real things, very deep things that we care greatly about. And, you know, all this energy spent running businesses, you know, while people we love die. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just a thing. So uh, I'm trying to experiment with some shorter podcasts, 7 to 11 minutes. But I just want to share the most alive I've ever felt. Like when I really felt like life being as true as it is, to experience life as it is. And I'm not talking about traveling and having fun or you know, what is the most enjoyable time frame of my life, which I could pick out was probably the first four years I was running my martial arts school. Um, because basically I was just living exactly the way I wanted. And sometimes just getting what you want isn't, isn't totally, truly happiness. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the most alive I've ever felt came after my dad passed away of all interesting experiences. You know, you wouldn't really think that'd be the most alive one could feel, but I'm just sharing with all of you this experience that I had. And uh, it really, you know, my dad died, and then maybe five, four, four days later, three, four days later, you know, we had his funeral, and it wasn't until we lowered him into the ground, <laughs> you know, and we had, you know, we had a military burial, um, cause he was in the military and, you know, they're blowing that horn. And even the, even the guy, uh, who was kind of doing the service, uh, of the funeral asked us, he's like, are you sure you want me to lower the casket into the ground? I, I and I know that's not very common in the United States, but you know, in my mom's country, Mexico, they do that. They're, you're not done until you are all the way lowered into the ground. You know, people pouring dirt on top and that's some heavy, heavy stuff. But, you know, it was really like the three days after that, four days, I just felt like I truly felt what life for me really is. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, in those moments, like I just, in that time frame, those days, you know, it wasn't really that long. Like I just could, I could, it was visceral. I could taste the mortality of life because my dad just died, you know, and, and then all these things that we think are important really weren't that important to me, you know, cars and, and, you know, money and all these things that we chase in life, prestige and uh, getting better at work and, I don't know, trying to look good and just, 
none of it really mattered. All that really mattered was just, you know, contemplation. Like, did I spend enough time with my dad? (laughs) You know, I mean, what was I doing with all my time when I really should have just been spending time with friends and family? That's really quite amazing. I and a lot of it just came from this moment where, you know, I'm, I'm chasing down all these things. I'm taking care of all these uh, just funeral things and life things and, you know, dealing with my dad being gone and taking care of my mom. We got to deal with the will and all that. And, and then one day I get a call from, it must have been Visa on, on, on my dad's phone. Like, and, you know, I'm answering my dad's phone and, and they're like, oh, you know, you've missed a payment and we, we you know, we want to call and see what's going on. And and I there was kind of a long pause because it was just something I didn't really think about. It was so far removed. And this was in that three day time frame. And, and uh, I was like, well, you know what, my, uh, you know, my dad's he, he just he passed away five days ago, you know, and, and it was so interesting because the, the credit card company, the person on the other line simply said, oh, well okay, then we'll just cancel his credit, like erase the debt. (laughs) And I thought, well, I thought a couple of bad words for a minute, but I thought, oh, you know, all this worry we put into our credit score and stuff like that, and then in the end it doesn't even matter, you know? And I I was talking to my good friend Seattle Gene about this, you know, because we were just talking about life, and I said, you know, the... The, the most alive I've ever felt is after my dad died, because that's when I just realized how important the things we don't focus on are. Being with family, being close with the ones that we love, enjoying good time with our friends. And, uh, and I said, you know, it's, it, it's only after people die that we, we get close to that experience of the quality of life where we actually remember realize the truth of it, you know, not just chasing all these things. Cause like, you know, I, what I was contemplating in those, in that time frame is like, you know, all these things that I put so much energy into, uh, man, they mean so little <laughs> in the long run. They mean absolutely so little. And you know, some of it, some of it too, is that my, yeah, you know, and my brothers weren't around that much. And, um, you know, that was kind of hard. I was like, well, what are you guys doing? You know, and I and I've had friends who've had other family members die, and they weren't around because, you know, oh, I had I, I I'm running a business and all that, and okay, I get it. I was running a business too, but you know, you can always make more money. You can always run another business. You can always do something to chase money, but you'll never get that time back. And that's, you know, that's what I realized in that moment. Like, oh, that, that time, that, that quality of life, that impermanence of life. We're aware of it. Like nobody, everybody knows. <laughs> no one's going to live forever. <laughs> right? But sometimes we act like we always have enough time. And that's what my Buddhist teacher said, Dzogchen Kempo Chogarimpoche. He said, uh, one of the problems I see with humans is that we all just believe we're going to have enough time. But nobody knows when they're going to go. I mean, I know I'm going to die. I just don't know when. But I act like sometimes I'm going to live forever. And, and what I mean by that is, is that I don't cherish the moments that I have with the people around me. You know? And, uh, and this week I've been thinking about that. Time with my friends. 
And then my, my very good friend and, and dear didgeridoo teacher, Alex Shockley, passed away. And man, that's been, it's been an interesting week. And uh, so I've been reflecting a lot on that time frame when my dad died because that was a real thing. You know, when a, when a, when a boy's father dies, when a, when a woman's mother dies. And of course, you know, when my mom dies, it's going to be just devastating on one level. And, but yeah, man, I never, I, I can't tell you the visceral shift in life, like for that three, three day period, I think it was, you know, and then I start morphing back into my life. You know, I got a job and blah, 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 la, 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 blah, blah, blah. But wow, those three days, man, that life felt so viscerally different and just, it just felt so real. I mean, that was the most alive I ever felt after my dad died. Wow, what a statement. Okay, my friends, be real, be true, be kind, do more good things, and uh, chase the things that really are truthful in your life things that matter, not only for yourself, but for other people. And then we'll get back to it next week. Okay. And with that, my friends, I'm out. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets.